Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. I was itchy watching this one. <laughs> Got very itchy. This is, this My mo- goodness. This movie's really funny in a lot of places. It, okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, something about Michael Shannon stabbing a guy and going, machine, machine, Ma- machine, machine. Funny. Now look, I'm terrible when you see. Hi, everybody. Hello, everyone. My name is David Bell. My name is Tom Ryman. And we just watched Bug. Bug. Otherwise known as Two Bad Neighbors. <laughs> terrible oh, neighbors. <laughs> They are. They're aphids. There's no bugs on your skin. You have to dig it out. I'll dig it out. We'll show you. This December, from the Academy Award-winning director of The Exorcist, comes the movie The Chicago Tribune calls one of the most disturbing horror movies imaginable. We have to kill her. They want you to know they're there. Bug. All right, before we start, big thank you to Burrito. Thank they you. Are the thank ones. you so much. Yeah, they had us watch Bug. Uh, this is, I mean, I guess this is good timing. William Freakin, we just lost him. Yeah, uh, Fairly sucks. recently. Yeah, this was, uh, you know, he directed it from the this director is, of The Exorcist. This is a movie that I forgot was William Freakin. Yeah, this is this is a movie that I saw when it first came out, which was like 2006, I want to say. Yeah, I, I watched um, it um, uh, thoroughly hammered, rented from, I think, Redbox. So it was pretty fuzzy in my memory. I So I watched it, I think, after working a late night shift. So I watched it in a similar place where I think I had a few drinks. I was really out of it. I still remembered some key moments from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, for example, I knew Michael Shannon was in this, but I couldn't picture him in it. So like... I was excited to rewatch this because this movie stacked Ashley Judd and Michael Shannon and then Harry Connick Jr. And then Jr. Harry Connick Jr. swoops in. You're like, hold on. Yeah. Uh, and this, and so it was like, okay, I need, you know, I was so excited to watch this just based on that. And this is definitely an actor's movie, right? Like, oh yeah. It's based it on a play. Based off a, yeah. yeah. I was going to say it's a play. You can tell watching the movie. You're like, yeah, I had that thought part way through um, before I went and, and looked into it. Cause I, I remember the movie when it came out and I, uh, it, cause it had a little bit of buzz for being like a, Oh, this is a, a you know, a good indie film. It's, and I didn't remember. I mean, it it's mu- the Exorcist right. Director, it must you know? have been pushed as being the, from the director of the exorcist, but I didn't remember that about the movie. Oh yeah. The trailer says it. And yeah. The poster says it. It yeah. says bug. Yeah, and I remember so there I was I was looking into this and I remember at the time there was a bit of disappointment about this film. It's an actor's film. I don't think audiences I, I think, think audiences were really expecting sold a, it as a super, Yeah, they really sold it as yeah. a horror movie. And I would argue it is a body horror movie, just not the one you think. Um, uh, it's also it's psychological. Also, that ending, oof. That last oh my God. the last shot. 
Oh, yeah. My fucking God. Yeah. It's also, I would argue, a bit ahead of its time. I mean, you could argue it's not, it not, something about conspiracies is never ahead of its time. No. But this, uh, this turned out to be like more relevant as time went on because it is essentially about what causes a person to believe in a conspiracy, like the trauma and pain that puts part someone in a cult, essentially, right? It's about a two-person cult in a way. You know, it's about um, a lot of things. Like definitely, yeah, yeah that addiction, uh, codependency, um, yeah. and how those feed into each other. And yeah, certainly about how shared delusions get passed and built upon for sure. Right. So it's a horror movie. I don't think it was the one audiences were expecting. It definitely wasn't fact, the one it was it was sold as. Like the they remember no, the trailers yeah. made it seem like this was literally a movie about flesh eating bugs. Right. Spoilers. It it's super not. Isn't. It is not. It's a slow burn as well. The halfway point is when they start getting a little weird about the bugs, but it's um it's a very from a writing. Oh, it's immediately weird. The oh yeah. <laughs> I think the bugs are immediately weird, but yeah. Well, no, what, what I mean is, yeah, it takes halfway for them to start doing mm. shit about the bugs. I, right, yeah, that's true. Um, and then, yeah, it's it's definitely immediately weird and ramps up. It is a very, I thought, hard story to write because you have to get from this. I love, like, near the end, I was like, remember that conversation they had at the rope swing? It was so sweet. You know, like, you mm-hmm. have to get from this. these two people kind of meeting you each other. You really don't see where it's going. Yeah, this is that escalated quickly the movie, right? Yeah. It it has to escalate, but it has to do so in a way where you believe it. Right? You believe that Ashley Judd specifically uh would kind of fall into this. Also, right, cause there's another a, there's a point and it's they literally it's it's one of two times in the movie that they literally have the the the, the entire set shakes with like the sound of the helicopters yeah. like that's the moment she buys into his delusion but like yes. they and it's also the moment where they sort of reveal that like oh she's cracked too like you're sort of from that from right. the beginning of the movie to that point you're sort of because you're seeing the mo- movie from her point of view and you're sort of she she's she seems to be a familiar character like she's stuck in this seedy motel working at a honky tonk bar and her horrible ex just got out of prison and she's been getting yeah. these uh n- um harassing phone calls that just nobody's on the other end um over and over and over again um but as michael shannon comes in there and like his craziness kind of starts to start to amp up uh you realize that oh she was cracked too and Maybe and and like they're kind of slowly reveal that she's um, smoking crack, like literally. I think, um, yeah. like that's like a reveal at the end. So it's they, I I I love how they sort of slowly tease out that maybe the phone calls she was receiving in the beginning were never being sent, or either. maybe it was Michael Shannon or something. Or maybe um, like I, I sort of landed on she wasn't the phone was never ringing, like I that was in that, her head. For sure. Like she was already yeah. a person who has delusions probably because she she's just doing drugs and drinking all the time. And then obviously so. she has a lot of trauma as, as the Joker put it, all she needed was a push, Yeah, you know, like that's, that's kind of what it is, is that you realize slowly that she is extremely broken yeah. and you feel bad for her because she's sort of in between a rock and a Harry Connick jr. Like she's trapped. Um, for the record, as far as CD hotels go or motels rather pretty good. 
they had a kitchen in there. Yeah. Like a stove. Yeah. It's just, I mean, and it's a, a micro- And a microscope, apparently. Yeah, and a microscope. <laughs> and a microscope set. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I guess for people who don't know, I mean, again, based on a play, so it's mostly in a motel. And Ashley Judd is, like we said, she's, she's uh, just, it, the first shot really points it out, which is the isolation of it all. Mm-hmm. She's nowhere. Um, the helicopters, by the way, I love that they set this up with the ceiling fan. Yeah. That like most of the movie you're like, can't, is that the ceiling fan? Is that a helicopter? They do a thing with the sound design where it like, part of this movie is making you feel the paranoia, right? Like, yeah. When the, the when the doctor shows up, he's so fucking weird. He's weird. You're like, yeah. is he in on it? Is mm-hmm. there a conspiracy? But you don't know if, whose eyes you're seeing it through. Right. So she has one friend in the world. Um, she she is um who works with her at the bar yeah there is some uh, she goes to the supermarket and like stares at an onion and at the shopping cart and you know it means something uh but you don't know quite what it means yet but you know it's something uh and so she's yeah clearly there's this shitty guy in her life that she's scared of that i don't think we meet right away i think we meet michael shannon first we meet michael shannon first yes yeah, I assume in the first act, um, her friend brings him over. Oh, and her friend, her uh, friend is uh, Lynn Collins from John. Carter. Oh yeah, she sure is. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, an X Men Origins her, Wolverine. Yes, he assures her he's not an X murderer, and he's technically right. It's the um, I think it's the it's well, not an axe he uses later. Oh right, I, I was about to say I think it's the first um, line he has, but actually the first thing we hear him say is something like, "Oh, I understand." But like, yeah. it's so funny to have Michael Shannon's official introduction of the movie be him shuffle out of a bathroom and say i'm not an axe murderer in the middle of two other people's conversation and they don't stop and acknowledge what he said they ignore him and then he repeats it so he repeats it (laughs) i'm not an axe murderer (laughs) he's immediately like it's so you know what's something i realized about this movie is that it's the it's the it's the i mean this isn't a new observation, but the fact that romantic comedies and horror movies can start the same yes. where it's like, he could be like a quirky guy who just needs to be, that's how it's know, presented in, at exactly. first. Yeah. And they, they have kind of a sweet conversation. He, he right. stays he, the he night. Comes I off, but he comes off as weird, but sweet. Yeah. And I don't think they, I don't think they like hook up at first. No, right? they, no they don't. They do not the first night. He wants to sleep on the floor, not the couch. So you can tell like, oh, like, I think we know he's in the army at that point. So you think like, okay, he's not used to, you know, cushy. Right. You, you get the sense, you get the sense that maybe he has some sort of uh, trauma or PTSD. But again, they're presenting him yeah. in, a, in a way where it's like, it's like, he's odd, but sweet. He's a manic pixie dream girl. Kind like, of, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, he, he looks at the painting and he says, there's stuff in it. If you look really hard enough, you'll see about the painting, which, of course, is foreshadowing to what the movie's about. Right, because when, really when, when he says it, you buy it. You're like, oh, because you know that is that I love what they do with him with, that, with respect to that, because the first couple of things he tosses out are based partially in truth. Yeah, the... the um, the fucking fire alarm where he's like, there's radioactive element in there. There is, he's right. He's like, it could hurt you, but that's not true. And then, well, yeah, but, but how that begins where it sounds like a bug and it's, and it's chirping. And then, um, 
he locates it and he's the one that's that is like it's a accepts that there's a reasonable explanation for it. it's like it's the smoke alarm right yes uh, he seems like he it's seems he seems cult. reasonable yeah yeah perfect cult leader conspiracy guy and, yeah, and where... the, with the i just want to go back to the painting real quick because like oh yeah that is totally a thing if you take art like i took art history um and they teach you all uh, they, they, a big part of it is like going and uh showing you how to like look for like the hidden like figures and meanings and paintings because that was a thing that that they did you know they would get money to do a painting for somebody and then like hide their own little bullshit in there like it's, oh yeah so it's like an actual thing so i'm thinking like when he says it you just sort of accept it at face value like oh yeah he's probably right maybe there is some hidden stuff in there but <laughs> there absolutely the isn't there's not right <laughs> it's just it's just a painting of like a house Right, but the movie's sort of drawing us in to him as yeah, well. Right, um, and we're kind so of being we're, drawn under his spell. Exactly, uh, and there's little other things too. Um, she talks about the psychic who told Kennedy, um, not Kennedy Prime, but the other Teddy Kennedy, Kennedy, yeah, that he was going to get shot, and he's like, and she was right, and and then later she has a magic eight ball and she reads it, and they stick on the answer. So you start thinking like, what does that have to do with anything? There's is there premonition in this and then when you think about it for a second more you're like of course someone's told a kennedy he was gonna get shot like that doesn't make them psychic yeah like like that obviously someone's gonna say that and then someone will be right so like it's starting those things where it's like quirkiness and like like uh little ideas that then when you think about it a little longer you're like wait a second right it's, it's <laughs> that's part not, of that's nothing yeah there are more seeds on the kind of reveal i was talking about earlier where yeah the, it's the kind of the plot twist is like oh ashley judd was already delusional kind of yeah 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 but it the, it all comes off as like everyday people's yeah, stuff yeah and that's just kind of like two, two quirky people you like they're because they're not none of them are unfamiliar like personality true like we all know people who uh do psychic readings or magic eight balls or can rattle off a lot of weird statistics about history and conspiracies and stuff and it's not you know it's not it's it's like heightened but it's not like uh crackpot you know what i mean right yeah like like ranting about like mk ultra it's like well that's a real thing and he talks about mk ultra you're like well yeah that is a real thing right and and at by the end of this movie you're not sure like did the army do something to him right or is he just a paranoid schizophrenic um and like he's clearly having an episode either way right so like that's how the movie gets away with it essentially is they're not you know he's not having an episode at the beginning um, right. And then he kind of falls off the deep end. Um, and so, and, and it's a very fast fall off. So like by planting this stuff with actually her trauma, the mm-hmm. fact that, like you said, she's smoking crack and, and clearly having delusions. Like it, it, it was, they, they had to like perfectly craft two people to do this so quickly. Because it happens in a few weeks, right? Because next Harry Connor Hunnick Jr. shows up, and he is just chewing the scenery, just like I, <laughs> really I'm the abusive. Is. Yeah, I'm abusive boyfriend. Got it. I'm gonna Harry Connick Jr. the shit out of it. He really does. <laughs> I'm gonna be fucking copycat Harry Connick Jr. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna um, be the the just the the shiniest. 
Yeah. <laughs> Fucking abusive boyfriend. I am he's like, Henry we, Bowers grown up. I yeah. Am the, Stephen the, King bully. The first image we see of him, he's glistening yeah. in a freshly showered Harry Connick Jr. And he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he remains wet for the rest of the film. Yep. Every time he shows up, he casually robs Ashley Judd. Yeah. Um, he's he, such a he, scumbag. He's perfect. Yeah. He keeps trying to bully Michael Shannon, but he can't. Like, I think his name is Peter Evans. His name is Peter and Evans, he, yeah. And he says his last name weird, like with a lisp. And it's like, nope, didn't get it that time, Harry Connick. Maybe next time. And then he's like, what does he call him? Um, fucking Peter Piper. Peter Piper. And you're he like, ah, you got it. At him. You, you got your bully name. Like, he has to try a few times. Like, he sucks. He, he never, he's never successfully bullies him. It's very funny. Like, he does yeah. the shoulder bump. And then, like, like yeah. when he comes back later on, when when Peter's like staring through the microscope and he's trying to fuck with him, he's just, it's just like not he can't he can't bully him, and it's very right. funny. Yeah, because you're waiting for you're waiting for Michael Shannon to just murder to Harry kill Connick him. Jr. Yeah, you think that's because, the direction it's going? Right, because Harry Connick Jr. is I I before I keep talking about him, I have to establish he is awful. He's, he's a he's the he's, most he's, killable man. Like he, yes, yeah. he's 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 a loser. He's not funny. He's he's like annoying. Um, and he beats up Ashley Judd. Yeah. because because he's a coward, little annoying shithead. I'm saying all that because the movie does a thing where when he starts showing up again, you're like, you got to get involved, Harry. Right, you're like praying like, for him to come back because. Right. Because he's the most sane character. <laughs> yes. Uh, that on screen well, at the moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, not counting she drives Lynn away her friend. Yeah, she yeah. she she drives her friend right really in a terrifying scene. They do they do a great job with her because yeah. they do a subplot where she is going to be um have custody of a kid. Mm-hmm. And so she's trying to help Ashley Judd, but it hits this point where it's clear that she's like, I have to protect my life. That's yeah, like she yeah. doesn't say it, but you realize she has shit going on, and so she bounces from the movie essentially. Yep. And you don't you don't go like where the fuck did she go? You kind of if you've paid attention, you're like, yeah, I would too. Well, like she in has that, yeah, in that scene where she drives her off, it's kind of like I wouldn't come back either. Like I yeah, I'd call somebody. Like I'd call it, the police probably, or I'd well, I wouldn't call the police. I'd call like nine one one and be like, these people. There's some people in this hotel room that need some help. Like right, and you go, you sort of get the. I got the idea that maybe that's what happened. Although at the end, I was like, we're just kicking the door, cops. But of course, they said the doctor suite comes in, and again, there's this question of like, how much of that how, was real? I don't know. Right, because he acts so weird. He and is. We'll he is. That. Yeah, in many ways, he's the strangest character in the movie. Uh, that's yes. uh, that's a hundred percent deliberate. It has to be. And it's like, is he a bad doctor? Is he trying a tactic, mm-hmm. a negotiating tactic, or is he like in on something and actually is, is he an part insidious... of some conspiracy, or yeah. is this a partial or total delusion? Like, is he right. is he even really there, or is he there but not really doing all of it? Because he sits down and smokes crack at one point. <laughs> Right, he he. The first thing he fucking does is yeah. like he's like, "May I?" and yeah. smoke some crack. And his name is Doctor Sweet, and he says like, "I know what happened to you." Right, son. and he also he talks like fucking Agent Smith. So they do exactly. everything they can to make him odd, like odder doing, even than Michael Shannon, because we're like used to Michael Shannon at this point. Yeah, 
they're doing this thing. Although where, it can like, is such is can such a, such a thing ever be true? I, I, <laughs> can he really ever know. be at ease when he's in the room? I think you can be in a moment, but in the, his Michael Shannon's long game is always terrifying. Um, <laughs> so, like we. At no point do we accept that there are bugs, right? The bugs are not there. It becomes it's just what it's, causes it, the dilution. Right. Is the it's pr- it's pretty clear, pretty quickly that the bugs are not there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Harry Connick Jr. is basically like, "I'll be back in two weeks." He slaps her down. She is so casual about being beaten by this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when he starts saying things about like chemicals and terrorism. Well, that's and when he, he, never really he sees his he sees his moment. Yeah, you're I, right. I, I he think, sees his moment. Yeah, he sees his moment because he's he is also an abusive guy. It's not just the the fact that he's crazy, right? He sees it's, his he yeah. sees her vulnerable, so he's like, okay, now I can. And that's when he really unloads his bullshit on her, right? And it's just um, it's so much, and she's at such a low point. Because he, because yeah. the first, before he starts unloading his bullshit on her, he drags the story of her of her son out of her. Yes. So her son was taken at the supermarket, yes. and it was like eight years ago. Mm-hmm. So like, as as far as she's concerned, his, her son is dead, right? Yeah, yeah. Like he's gone, and she and she's like always blaming herself. So that's her trauma. Yeah. Um, and he and targets that's that. When, yeah. And that's when I think he that I think it's that moment where the helicopter sounds. He basically says, like, I've got people after me. And he at first is going to leave. And she's like, please don't leave. That's that's after they have sex. Okay, yeah, they do have sex. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But see, what what happens is uh, Harry Connick, like, smacks her down um, and leaves. And he's, she's, he goes and helps her up and gets her rag and starts talking to her and, and starts asking her questions and um, asks if she has any kids. And she says, no. And then like one or two questions later, he goes back. It's like, well, you say you trust me, but if you trust me, then why'd you lie to me? She says, what do you mean? She's like, well, you said you didn't have kids. She says, well, how did you know? He says, well, I told you I pick up on things. So she starts telling him the story and gets really choked up. She's like, "Well, if you want to, if you want to ask any questions, ask me now because I'm never gonna, I never want to talk about this again." And the way he asks her about it is he does it in a way specifically to dredge up that exact feeling of guilt because what he says is, "When did you stop looking for him?" We're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, uh, and, and, so, then, oh, and then that's, at, so, that's so good it's so, fucking so manipulative. manipulative and then right yeah. after that or it's either right after that or right before that it's around this time where he starts I think it's before this where he starts spouting out the stuff like how people, he's like well you're, you sh- you're right to be scared because uh, you're never safe people are, are watching you all the time and yeah. even worse than watching you they're manipulating you to do things that you normally wouldn't do or normally wouldn't accept so like he kind of like foreshadows it right before he does it. So he he yeah. manipulates her and then he starts unloading his bullshit on her. And right, then he's getting he, her in the cult. And then he does the after they have sex, they're laying in bed, and then the that's when the bugs appear. So he's really in the delusion right, now. It's, it's cute at first where he's just right. like, You don't see that? It's an aphid. Uh and he's not like, right, and they have this like, kind of like oh my cute God, conversation bugs, about man. insects. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, ah shit, there's we got a little bug thing yeah going they even on. do some little like marx brothers wordplay with insects for a for a bit 
Like it's yeah. like they really are, even though they've had that those spikes of like bone chilling uh, uh, glimpses right or that right there uh, in the, in the previous scene, it, they're still kind of treating it like a rom-com almost. Right. Cause it's a, it's such a slow burn um, until this halfway point, because what happens is they have a fight. He basically is like, I'm going to leave because I, I think it's the idea is he says like, I'm putting you in danger. Yeah. Like I'm a wall is what he finally gets out of her or he, she gets out of him mm-hmm. and he's like, the government is looking for me. I can't get you involved. She insists for him to stay. And that's when you're hearing these helicopter sounds slowly, but they did this thing. They established where they're like lying awake and they're looking at the ceiling fan. So like we've established like, Oh, it's the ceiling fan, but it starts kind of selling like sounding like a helicopter. They've been mixing then, that sound effect in from the beginning too. Yeah. And basically what happens is she picks a bug off of him and then the helicopter starts roaring in and it and they they all freak out like it it's like a helicopter's over them and, and then like it the, just cuts though the set like physically shakes yes. like it, it like breaks the fourth wall yes oh, yeah it's pretty it's um, really cool it's really cool and and we know it's we know it's a delusion well we know it's a delusion now but later they sh- they show it happen again and then when they show Harry Connick Jr outside it's clearly not happening so you know it's not real like yeah. it's definitive by the end of the movie but we cut back and then they're just fully in fucking bug mode um they're putting up you know they're putting up like um those fly traps the sticky tape mm-hmm. they're doing all this shit um, and it's still like it, it's normal enough in that it looks like someone who's really having a bug problem. They're at their wits end. So we get Harry Connick Jr. Ag- again, and he's like surprisingly reasonable. And I think it's because he knows that Michael Shannon will like bite his face off. Like, yeah, he, th- like he's been to prison. <laughs> yeah. I think he gets vibes where yeah. he's like this guy. He tests him a little. Right. Yeah, he tests him a little bit more because he's like, yeah. yeah, we used to get it. We had a guy. You remind me of a guy in the in the pen. Uh, we used to call him uh, Mrs. Rothstein. Like he's still yeah. trying to get like a rise and still it's just nothing. Right. <laughs> and Michael Shannon's just like looking at his a microscope at this point at the bugs that yeah. he thinks are in his blood. And his blood. He's pricking his own finger at this point and putting it on slides uh, yeah. and then burning it. And then look, he's, he has this whole ritual he's doing. Yeah. It's, it's really unnerving. And it's he it, it's happened so suddenly where it was yes. it was like kind of still being like this kind of weirdly sweet offbeat comedy and then it just gets really crazy all of a sudden it's really <laughs> just really time. upsetting we're like, oh no yeah and um uh i feel like harry connick is just like he he probably knows like the drugs, the stuff. He's probably met people like this, so he doesn't seem yeah. too phased by it. No. Uh, but he basically <laughs> he basically gets the fuck out of there. Um, yeah, he leaves. <laughs> like, he leaves. Michael and Shannon as, doesn't do anything but behave the way he's behaving. Yeah, Harry Connick Jr. is like... chases him off. He basically is just like, all right, I've lost. I'm leaving. Um, he still steals some money. Michael Shannon just, you know. Uh, and then in comes Ashley Judd with her friend, and her friend is like genuinely concerned, giving them the benefit of the doubt. And that's when we get the reveal where he's like, they're giving us sores all over my body. And he re- lifts up his shirt and he's just covered in these bloody sores that are clearly scratch marks. 
like it's clear that it's self-inflicted or right. at least he's been he's been never... cutting bugs out of his skin yeah and uh, so you, and, yeah. The, and so it's like this ghastly reveal and they never show that happening they just they show, show it that. once with ashley judd in this scene after um conic leaves um, she starts freaking out about a bug at her elbow and she cuts it out with a with a paper clip right. or a safety pin in front of her friend. And then her right. friend is like, so then we learn that this has been kind of going on for a little while and that her friend has had suspicions because we learned that they were coming back from the doctor to look at uh, the sores on Ashley Judd's body. And they're like, she keeps shouting, like her friend keeps shouting, tell him what the doctor told you. And they eventually reveal that the doctor told her that they were self-inflicted and they were not bug bites. Or right. that he said they were not bug bites and that they appeared to be self-inflicted. Yeah. Um, and she and she has this moment, which is like, you know, are you going to go with your friend or not? And she is, ends up rejecting it. She screams, you're trying because to take the one thing in the world I have. After he has uh, a terrifying fit. Like, it's, yes. it's like, this is like, again, it's when he goes mani- fully mask off. Yeah, it's very, man- you could argue it's manipulative if he knows what he's doing. Because it's this moment where her friend is like, this guy's delusional. You have to get the fuck out of here. So he throws a fucking fit. And then he starts like seizing and falling. And you could argue he's doing it because because of what the friend's trying to do, right? He's also clawing um, at his face and, yeah, and his mouth. Uh, and he's like, they're everywhere. And it's an emotional fit as much as a physical one. Yeah. Um, and so that's when, yeah, she's like, get out. You're trying to take away the one thing in the world that I have. And it's like, God damn, like, yeah, this you know. guy she's known for two weeks. And she's not wrong. It is like the one thing she fucking has right now. Cause that like, that's the whole thing. And she starts in such a fucking dismal place. She has know? a line, which I think is in the scene immediately following this, where she's there talking and she says, um, I like talking with you about bugs that I, I, I prefer talking, uh, talking with you about bugs than talking to nobody about nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's all she has yeah. this bug thing. It's, it's a bit again, like how a conspiracy grows, right? People in these like traumatic situations trying to give the trauma meaning like conspiracy theories. Almost all of them are about giving the world order mm-hmm. in chaos. Right. Exactly. And, what, and, and we get to this soon, but not quite yet. Um, this is when we get to tinfoil town, right? Around here. Right. Around I think here. Yeah. He, he, he tells her that, um, the government put something in his tooth. He's been picking at his tooth. His tooth has been hurting. An egg sac. Um, and it's an egg sac. And he tears out the tooth. And she's oh, kind man. of... And this is like hitting the third act. And she's kind of still has this one little grasp on reality at this point. Like, don't do that. He rips it out. He puts it under the microscope. She looks at it and looks at him and goes, millions. millions. Yep. She finally sees the bugs. Yep. And that's when it's like, okay, it's the, we're, it's she's the point of no return for Ashley. Judd. Yeah. And it's this traumatic moment. I'm tearing out his tooth. It's, it's, um, I mean, it's the, it's William Friedkin is director of the exorcist. So it's this yeah. frightening sequence. Yeah. He's screaming. He's just it's body this, horror. It, well, and it's also, it's also, um, psychological horror because we're just, we're just watching madness. Yeah. Um, and it's really, it's really unsettling and, in, in a very, it really like, is. Yeah, like a really just, just movie, unnerving. 
If you can't tell, this movie is very unsettling, very depressing at times. The one thing that makes it entertaining for me, and this might not work for everybody, is I very, I'm very familiar with Ashley Judd, Harry Connick Jr., and Michael Shannon. So I'm watching going, oh, they're having such a great time. Oh, yeah. Like, they, they're having a fucking yeah, blast. This is, you know? this, is, this, this movie is an actor's dream to be yeah, in. But, but, of course, the story itself is tragic. It's bleak. It's in real bleak. bleak. Yeah. Um, it, it's one of those that, for me, it's like it's so bleak that uh, I'm watching and I just kind of giggle of like, Jesus Christ. Well, and the movie <laughs> is, it, it is deliberately pretty funny in, in several parts. Oh, yeah. Like the, the, um, the sort of the climax when it's just them spinning each other up with this just completely insane web of, of, um, yeah. of an impossible conspiracy. Uh you know, it, well, it's, that, it's, yeah, it's, that's it's, the, it's, yeah, that's the climax. And it's like, it's terrifying because it is, again, you're just like, man, you're just watching madness. And it's like it's really also, an uncomfortable feeling. But it's also really funny in several parts. Yeah, they're being, they're, you know, they're chewing the scenery. Yeah. Um, and again, it's also very, like, especially ahead of its time now, it really wraps up. Like, I've been thinking for a while, I was thinking about a script idea about, how conspiracies happen and this need to order the chaos. Yeah. And after watching this film again, I'm like, man, <laughs> maybe I won't write that. This movie nailed it. Um, because it's just like so perfect and simple way of showing that. Mm-hmm. Um, because for, now we get tinfoil town where they, um, every surface they, they of they the, the hotel pizza. room is covered in tinfoil. <laughs> yeah. And they, they order, they, they get a pizza at the door and they don't remember if it's a fucking something they ordered there uh, and yeah. they think it's the government that's trying to get them and they like grab the pizza because they're like, it'd be, we- they'll know if we don't get the pizza. It's very like Scanner Darkly where they're like really overly mm. paranoid yeah. um, in a silly way and they're like digging through the pizza and putting it under the microscope. Right, like, like, the, like, the, like the apes at the beginning of 2001. They're just, that's yeah. how they're treating, they're just slapping it into the microscope. It's, but I really want to just, the cut to the to this scene just the reveal, just the image of the of the apartment that is now totally covered in tin foil right that is such a an inc- a great reveal um yes just to go abruptly into that it 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 communicates so much about how much has progressed and like right. how bad this has gotten and it's the ultimate tin foil hat. Like we all know tin foil hat. Yeah. And so it was a great symbolism of like, yeah, they coated the whole fucking room in tin foil. And you can imagine that as a stage play, you know, the lights go out, we get yeah. a set dressing moment and then lights come on and you're like, Oh fuck. I'm, I'm sure there were, uh, auto- I'm sure there were gasps, uh, like yeah. gasps, laughs. Like it's, it's such yeah. a, it's such a, a powerful image. And it communicates so much immediately. Yep. It's so good. And Ashley Judd, yeah, she like creeps out when the pizza thing happens. Yeah. Um, and then we get, um, I believe, Dr. Sweet. Um, and we get the the sense that, or maybe we, Harry Connick knocks on the door at some it's point. It's Dr. Sweet Bas- first. And then he's like, well, yeah. can I, I've, I've heard Peter is here. Can I, or can I speak to him? Um, yeah. and then nobody is answering. So finally he's like, all right, well, perhaps maybe I could talk to you. Um, and then Harry, Harry Connick kicks in the door with like a flashlight right. with Dr. Sweet. 
Um, this is it gets really surreal because yeah, th- that's like is he is he really there with <laughs> right. Doctor Sweet? And he's guy? basically like you're gonna you're gonna talk to this guy. Yeah, and he leaves, and and so like, uh, but at the same time you're like, yeah, I mean, Harry Connick Jr. again, the biggest piece of shit in the world, but she has been brought down in this such a dark place that you're like, save her. You know, you're like grasping for any thread of sanity at this point. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is, again, an incredible thing for this movie to be able to pull off. Yeah. Um, and Dr. Sweet is a fucking weirdo. He smokes her crack. Yeah, he's like a he, ghost. It's so yeah. weird. He says he'll talk to the government. He says, like, he, he says, like. He says he he like pretends well, he tries a bug. He tries a couple of different approaches. So you it's one one way that this see, this scene is done so well, it, you know, it's because they give you the, the enough threads for, well, he could maybe really be here. Maybe he really is a, a doctor that's just trying to get Peter back to the hospital. Right. Or maybe he and really is just... part of the conspiracy. But like, because you see him work through a couple of different approaches where first he's like, I'm Dr. Sweet, I'm his doctor. Like he tries to just explain to her flat out what is wrong with him. And she's right. not, and she's not buying it. And he sees the crack pipe and he's like, well, can I try that? And he sits down, starts smoking it. And then he starts like with a different approach of like, yeah, you're right. Peter is, uh, he did get out of the army hospital and he, there is something wrong. We need to get him back in there. And then she's not buying it. So then he tries like another approach of where he's like, actually, I do know, um, they're watching you right now and, and, and I can call them off. So you, you, you see him like try and fail like a couple of negotiation tactics. Yeah. And you could argue what he represents is like, going back to how cults conspiracies happen it's people who aren't just in these desperate traumatic situations but they don't get the help they need Mm -hmm. they get cynical help they get they get you know like you know governments you know they they aren't taken care of financially they don't have health insurance no one is creating programs uh and the people the the few help they do get are people who are cynical and treat them badly mm-hmm. and who, who don't get enough resources themselves. So you could argue that's what he represents, right? It's like the uncaring world the the lifeline she gets is still like insidious and weird and self-serving. Um, yeah. And, and so like whether or not he's a delusion or not, that's clearly like kind of what it se- feels like we, he represents. We never trust him. Like the audience never trusts him. No, you're like, yeah, I don't because, know what his deal is. Which seems to indicate that we're probably still, I mean, obviously we're still seeing this through Ashley Judd's perspective, I think. Right. Yeah, I think so. Because then Michael Shannon comes out and what they do again, they're, they're, we're like, we don't trust this guy. But then what Michael Shannon throws at us, we're like, well, it's definitely not that. Which is that he is a robot. He starts snapping his fingers in front of him and he's like, ah, you're the new model, aren't you? Dude, Um, when he opens that, if I was Dr. Sweet, who or whatever he is. I would run. Michael Shannon opened that door and appeared in the doorway looking the way that he does. He is covered in blood in his underwear, I believe. Covered in blood in uh, underwear or sweatpants. I think it's, it might be pants. Um, He appears to have cut his eye out at this point. He's just holding the biggest knife in the world. Yeah. And he's pointing it at you and screaming, you're a robot. (laughs) Yeah. And he's basically like, there'd have been a roadrunner dust cloud where I was. Oh, yeah. And then he's just like, I'll prove it. I'll cut him open. And then he does exactly that. He does. He stabs about 8,000 times. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> screaming, machine! 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 Which is the most Michael Shannon thing. What a haunting Incredible. way to die. 
Oh yeah. Hearing Michael and Shannon th- scream, Machine As he stabs you. As he's and then he, like, stabbing you just into dust. Yeah, and then <laughs> no no machinery inside, but he was like, No, it's it's fake. It's it, it's, it's fake, a, it's like, artificial. Bio- it's artificial. it's artificial and he's like licking the blood and it's like uh just complete deep end yeah here. It's and this tropic is when thunder <laughs> yeah it's tropic thunder and this is when like she has accepted all of this but she he's gonna bring it home and this is where he talks her through her trauma to involve the entire conspiracy he adds jim jones into it he tells her that there is a big conspiracy in the world he he tell he talks to spe- like specific government meetings to do microchips and bugs to maintain the status quo, which of course is really funny because it's, that is what the government is. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing about conspiracy theories, right? Is people are like, it's all to maintain the status quo. And it's like, no, you're right. They don't have to do microchips and, and lizard people to do that. Like, no, they've, that's, they figured it out already. Right. Like that's the whole thing about conspiracy theories is like, they're always right on the cusp of what the real thing is, which is like, yeah, the go- the government is this big overreaching system that's trying to, you know, maintain order. Uh, they're not doing it for necessarily insidious reasons. I mean, I'm sure some people in the government are, but it's mostly like greed and to maintain their jobs, right? Like the deep state is just people in the military trying to maintain, like that that Pentagon Wars movie we watched. Yeah, that's what the deep state trying actually to make a lot is. of money. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah, for the most part. Again, like there are, there are like there this are, is the whole there thing. There are several maniacs in the government right now. We, yeah, and we have done shit to our citizens oh, yeah. that were conspiracy theories. Yes. And that's how it all, yeah. But he, and he mentions them in the movie, MKUltra, Tuskegee. Exactly. And so that's how it all gets wrapped into this because yeah. it's the combination of being the government failing us, people being in these situations of need, mm-hmm. and then turning to things that are completely... Um, out of this world, too far gone. Um, and Rekka, so that's where she begins. She begins alone and isolated. I mean, the, literally, the, the fir- I think the first yeah. image is that establishing overhead shot of the yeah. motel in the middle of nowhere in the desert. And it's a, ve- it's a very creepy shot because mm-hmm. it's almost like from the point of view of a bug flying. Mm-hmm. Like that's the idea. So it's like it's like a kind of a it's a helicopter or shot. A helicopter, you don't. Yeah. It's silent. Um, and so it feels eerie, and it is to point out the isolation. So um, she's, it's already somebody who's been abandoned by everyone, by society, by any. She has no, a very, very fragile support system who, as you pointed out, is about to kind of have to make a difficult decision and leave her behind yeah. so that she can get her own life together. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he walks her through like, no, no, they wanted us to meet each other um, because um, that was always destiny. It was all part of the conspiracy, and that means they took your son. Yeah, and he, so he, again, he digs up her trauma to tie it to his own delusion. To and he, yeah, yeah, and he talks her through this giant conspiracy that explains why her son, why the why these tragedies in her life happened, and she gets like a moment of bliss almost realizing it all makes sense there is order to the world it's not chaos right this was all Um, something that was done to me by some powerful force but i i am actually the main character and i do come out on top like at one point she stands up and says i am the bug queen (laughs) 
She sure does. And she says it knowing like it's kind of funny in the moment. Like she she but knows also that like she's euphoric. being silly. Also euphoric. But it's euphoric. Yeah. Yeah, she's because laughing, she, but it, she is also experiencing genuine joy. Yeah. Yeah, she's decided that the government put bugs in her so when they had bug eggs or two different types of bugs, they have sex and they are creating a new bug race that's in the apartment that they want to get out into the world. Um and so that that's the conspiracy, right? She was her son was taken away. All these things were put in motion so these two people would have sex so that they would meet each other in this hotel room. And so life isn't random and cruel anymore. It's yeah, like you said, she's important. She figured it out. Mm-hmm. Uh and she's going to beat them and it's okay. Everything's okay. And so how do you how do you uh beat them? Uh, you burn down everything, right? You douse yourselves in gasoline and light yourselves Strip on fire. Naked. Yep, and they sure do. And there's um, something... I mean, yeah, they kneel down in front of each other and they say a couple of uh, really alarmingly nonsense things to each other. Um, yeah, and Perry then, Connick is banging on the door at this moment. Yeah, and then she shoots him with a nail gun and, and doesn't kill him, but gets him to yeah. back off. Um. He says, right before they, um, right, right as they're about to do it, they, he he says, "I am the drone, <laughs> you know, I am right. the drone," and he dumps the gasoline all over himself, and then he, and then he is, is going to pour it on her, and she says, uh, "I am." I think he says, "You're the queen," right? Or does she say, "I am"? Yeah, the queen? something like that. I think he says, so- "You are the queen," and then she repeats it, and he dumps the gasoline on her, um, right. and then the, he says, "I love you," and she says, "I love you." Um, and then he strikes the match and she gasps and then it, yep. it cuts to the final shot, which is the entire motel room engulfed, um, yep. just roaring. Um, but there's something about what he what he says in the and, last couple of moments. It, and her gasp is like and her gasp. At the last minute. It feels like she's like she one moment it. of like, yep. oh, no, <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're covered in gasoline. He just struck a match. Yeah. It's like she just realized, oh. This isn't my idea. It's a death cult, it, and that's what he's doing. He's making her think it's her idea. Yes, because she's he's saying, "I'm the drone. You're the queen. Right. You're in charge. You're in charge." Yeah. Um, and he he walks her through that and kind of eggs her on until it seems like she comes to the conclusion that they need to destroy themselves to destroy the bugs to keep them from being used against them. Uh, to right. keep them from being taken by the government and turned into weapons because they're really good, gentle bugs. Um, right. Uh, he he leads her to set to that. Right. They're their bugs. Is it yeah. basically the conclusion yeah. at the end? And it's and, and he's and he's and he's picking at her guilt and and shame and and sorrow and and trauma over over being a mother specifically. Like yes. it's 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 so it's a it's she's an, the mother to these bugs. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So it's another like. Is, yeah, is is he the delusional one or is, I mean, obviously he is, I don't know, but there's a, there's like a question there for me a little bit. Like, is she, maybe it, is he just playing into her delusion? Because the movie does start from her perspective and seems to stick with her perspective. I think they're yes-anding each other to an extent. To like, an ex- that's yeah. why this is a bit of ahead of its time. Because you look at, and I well, hate to bring him up, just, someone just, like Trump. Right. I just wanted to say real quick, what makes me think is because all these dots I'm, I'm sort of connecting with this behavior, uh, where right. it, it seems like there's a lot of intent 
specifically to gaslight her with his delusions. Oh yeah. So it's like hard to tell yeah. how much of is it, how much of what he's doing is is his delusion and how much of it is intent. Well, all right. Bringing up okay. Trump, Trump clearly is not doing himself any favors, right? Um, especially not now. There's still question, depending on your level of cynicism, the world mm-hmm. of whether or not he's going to come out of this okay. Right. Out of all the bullshit he did, a, a, an actual con artist doesn't get caught, right? So mm-hmm. there is an element, a question of does Trump believe his own bullshit? Like, does he convince himself? At a certain point, does he think he didn't win the, like, he won the election fair and square, right? Mm-hmm. Like, does he think this stuff? Because he can't shut his mouth. He does it to the point that he hurts himself. And I think that's kind of the question around Michael Shannon, right? He's a manipulative guy, but he's also clearly has a mental, like, right. issues. There is something, um, yeah, there's an issue there. And so, like, it's Jim Jones shit. Like, they don't, cult leaders kill themselves with everybody else, right? Yeah. They prey on others, but then they also destroy themselves. So that is an element of this, is he is preying on her for sure, mm-hmm. but at a certain point, he is not, it's not like he's going to rob her and leave. He is, he's, he's, he's ride or die as well. Yeah, um, and so this is what he wanted all along. Yeah, it's what happens when there's a delusional person who is also very manipulative. You get a cult leader, I I, I imagine. Like, I'm not an expert, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And that's kind of what the movie's trying to do, is this microcosm, this little sample of, like, how a cult happens, right? Yeah. Like, it's this, but then you, manipu- you multiply it by 100 people. Um, and so, like, that's what makes it fascinating, because it's like doing cult stuff and conspiracy theories all at once, and again, he mentions Jim Jones as being like, they weren't a cult. They were killed right. by the government. Jim Jones was the good guy, and they were and assassinated. That's, you, you know, that's a real point of no return. When <laughs> oh, man. I mean, when I someone says that. He's already murdered a guy at that point. Oh, yeah. Yes. So. Yeah, folks, though, if someone at a bar tells you Jim Jones was murdered, you, you got to get away. Get away from, get that. Away from get, that person. Get right away from that. Definitely don't bring them back to your motel room. Yeah. But man. he wasn't an axe murderer. He didn't murder anyone with an axe. That's true. He was not an axe murderer. He was he was right about that. Um and Michael Shannon's perfect for this role, right? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah, this is a this is mm, top shelf Michael Shannon. He's incredible did we, in this movie. Did we say whether we liked this film? Oh, I don't know. Um this is a pretty <laughs> good movie. Uh this is yeah, this I like is a, this film. A, uh, an excellent film actually. Uh, yeah, it's it's really good when you realize like this is a body horror film. This is a horror film, and there's nothing uh, 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 paranormal about it, and it's a horrifying idea, uh, and it's, I think, a really big accomplishment in terms of writing. Uh, it's, oh, yeah, yeah. And it, acting. It's, they should all be very proud. I don't think it did very well, and I think people at the time were a little turned off from it because it wasn't what they expected. Right. The marketing kinda, was really strange for this, right. like we said. They, you were you're going in for like the exorcist and you got requiem for a dream. And so I get it where yeah. it's like, man, I'm just sad. Yeah. Now. I just, no, I just feel bummed. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but, it was, uh, it was, uh, written by Tracy Letts. Uh, yeah, who, who is that? Well, he also wrote, uh, killer Joe, which was another play that William Friedkin turned into a movie later. Oh shit. Um, and he's an actor too. And he is in, um, Husky Handjob, Deep Water. He is the guy that has the fatal car accident. Excellent. Remember ah, good the on chase him. scene, the bicycle chase scene? 
I gotta rewatch that movie. All I remember Ben is- Affleck Kimbo Slayer is trying to chase Tracy Letts down. Oh yeah, I do remember. And like he oh, drives God. his car into a ravine. Man, that movie escalated <laughs> so quickly for Ben Affleck. What an incredible film. A series of fucking just uh, amazing misfortunes. Yeah. Oh, I gotta rewatch that movie. What a good movie. <laughs> Husky Real thrilling job. piece of cinema. Yeah, they cut out the husky hand job. Ah, Biggest cowards. Tragedy. But yeah, I, I man, goddamn. Remember the rope swing? <laughs> it was so calm and nice. Man, it was it was like sweet. Like it was weirdly yeah. sweet for a while. This is a movie I think that if you watched this and was disappointed. This is a good rewatch. Give it a sh- give it another shot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially when you mentally are prepared. Because I knew going into this, I was like, this is going to be a fucking trip. You know? Yeah, it's going uh, to be a real William Friedkin movie. Yeah. It's real bummer again. There's yeah. a lot of, you know, trigger warnings for uh, uh, domestic abuse and psychological, psychological abuse. Psychological abuse. And, yeah. And, and um, mental illness as well. Like it's touching on a lot of upsetting subjects. It's a and disturbing movie. I don't movie. know. Yeah. And it's not particularly like sensitive about it either. You know, uh, it's not. Um, it's it's about like the worst case scenario in a spiral. Yeah. Um, and and so like you're not going to come out of this feeling happy for the characters, you know, um, or the or the landlord of the motel. The slumlord. Oh. I mean, he, they are a slumlord, so you're going to get a fire or two. Um, but, you know. It's probably not the first fire that year. No, not the first tinfoil covered fire. <laughs> no. Not the first person Michael <laughs> Shannon has stabbed to death. Yeah, yeah. yeah Michael Shannon just busts out the back. <laughs> <laughs> Motel owner's like, ah, Michael ah! Shannon, you done it again. They're on the Runs rate. off. Flies <laughs> off with bug wings. <laughs> that's <laughs> uh, a movie jumps I on the back of a giant bug <laughs> oh just like a fucking you get know, me out of here like a dresses like zod yeah <laughs> take off waspy <laughs> uh fun movie yeah fun no, stuff. It's a delightful movie <laughs> i don't know what else to say about it no it's real good um really good a lot of obviously very strong directing choices. Um, yeah, the writing is is really good. The but really, man, the acting. So everyone is incredible in this movie. Firing on all cylinders. Yeah, it it, is. it's mostly a two hander between Ashley Judd and, and Michael Shannon, and they're so fucking good. Yeah, it's for a movie that takes place mostly in a hotel room with a couple of people. It is not boring. No, not it's never boring. boring. No. It's it's fascinating and yeah, like they should all movie. they should they should be very proud like it's it's also apparently Michael Shannon was in the play um, he played oh, the same character that's yeah. interesting okay I didn't know that yeah so I don't know it's uh, it's one of those ones because people everybody loves Michael Shannon uh, it's one of his best roles I think oh yeah like it's it's so good uh, he's he's amazing everybody is it's one of Ashley Judd's best roles like she you know. She uh, she doesn't get to play stuff like this. It feels like, like, she usually gets to like, you know, like, like fight crime, solve murders. Get yeah, revenge. teams up with Morgan Freeman a lot. Morgan, yeah, Morgan Freeman shit. Like, mm-hmm. not you know, she's done plenty of fun Solid stuff. Solve mysteries, yeah. But like, she's she, this is like you know her going all fucking out, 
it's just three actors mainly for um just like doing a great fucking job yeah yeah uh so check it out just be prepared yeah <laughs> and uh thank you to burrito yes burrito, thank, thank you so you. much yeah thank you so much that we could revisit bug yeah it had it, been uh, far too long it really had been i'm so glad i watched it again mm-hmm. uh this was through our patreon sure patreon dot com slash gamefully unemployed g-a-m-e f-u-l-o-y unemployed you go on there you give us just five of your dollars a month you get access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts tom and jeff watch batman fox Mulder is a maniac lord knows Mulder would have been right there pouring that gasoline on his body oh, he's done it before they'd have had to tie him down like yeah, michael, yeah, michael yeah. shannon and ashley joe would have been like this motherfucker is crazy we gotta yeah, yeah. tie him down Mulder's like, I'm the Bug King. I'm the Bug King. <laughs> uh, we also do Spielboys and Star Trek Next Futurama with the Small Beans folks. And we watch movies every Friday night with our patrons. Oh, man. Bunch of stuff sure on there, do. bunch of tears. Great community. Check it out. Yeah. We also have a store. Head over to GamefullyUnemployed.com where you can find a link to our Teespring store. We have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs. You get on t-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all sorts of things. So slap your little bug picking peepers onto that. Yeah. Or your bug peepers. If you are a bug if listening to this. If you are the bug queen or king or drone, yep. slap your you bug peepers onto it. Bugs find this movie offensive. They're watching like, hey, we're not so bad. Probably. Yeah. It's like Jaws bugs for bugs. It is. Yeah. Bug. It should have been bugs. There was more than one <laughs> bug. Why wasn't it bugs? <laughs> what? That makes sense. It's just stabbing Bugs Bunny to death. <laughs> machine! 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 <laughs> Lights the match. What's up, Doc? <laughs> oh, Let's burn this film. fucking rabbit. Why wasn't Michael Shannon in Space Jam 2? <laughs> oh, my God. As Elmer Fudd. Just fucking dunking a basketball. Mm, he can do it. Right? 